When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. And welcome everyone to another episode of the Run the Table podcast powered by Pro Football Network. It is Friday, October 21st, which means we've gotten week seven full slate set to, uh, set to happen. Joining me today as we break down this entire NFL action this weekend is Jason Katz, fantasy analyst here at Pro Football Network. You can find him over at Jason Katz 13 You can find myself over there at Tommy Garrett PFN. Last night, we had a, a rarity. You could have gone into last night counting on one finger the amount of touchdowns we had had on the two pre- two previous Thursday night games. One team gave us an entire handful as we finally got an over covered in one game. And interesting one, uh, but it wasn't even the biggest news of the night. Not the Cardinals winning 42-34, uh, but the blockbuster trade that had been rumored. And it was kind of nice to see a rumored trade actually happen in the NFL. I know when it comes to trade deadlines, like the NBA trade deadline, like the MLB trade deadline, like blow the NFL out of the water when it comes to expectations versus reality. But last night we saw the 49ers give up a handful of picks to the Carolina Panthers to acquire Christian McCaffrey as he heads back home to Southern California. This one's an interesting one from a multitude of angles. For one, just the NFL side of things, when you look at just the return the Carolina Panthers got, I know many are saying that San Francisco probably gave up too much. And this is them saying, hey, look, we've messed up before, so now we are just you know, throwing more picks and more money onto the problem that'll come back to bite us eventually. Who knows? But at the end of the day, they got the better player. Christian McCaffrey will make any team better. Um, does make Elijah Mitchell and Jeff Wilson a tad bit irrelevant. The cats kind of just give me just your overall first initial reaction when you saw the uh, the news come through that Chris McCaffrey is now a San Francisco 49er. Initial reaction was just shocked that this thing actually happened. It's so rare that we see in season trades at all in the NFL, at least when it comes to really, really relevant players, and they don't get much more relevant than one of the. Uh, handful of best running backs in the nfl you can argue he is the best and there are a lot of different angles to cover as you pointed out i mean i wouldn't even know where to start you tell me tommy where you want to start with which which team let's start with let's start let's get the let's get the downside out of the way first it's the whole thing when they ask someone a question deal with the good news the bad news first let's start with carolina right um they're bad and they just got substantially worse uh all right moving on (laughs) no but i know there were the uh a lot of people were also wondering, hey, what's this mean for DJ Moore? Panthers came out and said that they view him as a foundational piece. They don't they don't view on trading DJ Moore, which I get it, but I'm also, you know, they kind of said the same thing about Chris McCaffrey a couple different times, so they finally pulled this one off. Um, I agree with him between the two of them because that young wide receiver will always have a little bit of longer longevity in the NFL than a running back. 
Uh, I think DJ Moore is now going to see infinity targets because who else are they going to target on this offense? Uh, but in terms of like the running back situation goes, whether it's Chuba Hubbard or Donta Foreman, I mean, look, Chris McCaffrey wasn't scoring touchdowns. Do we think Chuba Hubbard or Donta Foreman are going to now? No. Um, more than likely, this ends up in a bit of rotation. I do give the initial lean to Donta Foreman, who looked well last year when he was also filling in for Derrick Henry. Um, but this is this is not a good football team. They're embracing the tank, and quite frankly, I'm I'm cool with that. I'm actually happy they're doing that because I like a team embracing the tank more than just sitting here in ambiguity and be like, hey, look, we, we're just one year away and just lying to themselves in front of the mirror with tears streaming down their eyes. Like, no, you're not one year away. Just admit it and go all in, and that's what they're doing. So I can at least appreciate from that standpoint. Uh, are you kind of feeling the same way with just real quick on Foreman over, over Hubbard? No, I'm actually on the other side of this. I'm, For the receiving I'm on, upside? Yeah, it's more yeah. just I think Hubbard will be the receiving back. And yes, typically my philosophy is always you chase the touchdowns, and that is Deontay Foreman. But as you pointed out, who's scoring touchdowns on the Panthers? It wasn't even McCaffrey Christian McCaffrey. wasn't even doing it. Exactly, yeah. He, one on the season. I, I mean, we really Outside think that all of a sudden— Outside of DJ Moore, this now becomes a team that no one is going to target, a single player off of. We're now playing fantasy yeah. football with, 32, with 31 teams. Yeah, and DJ Moore hasn't been startable in fantasy all season. I think that we might be looking at this team in a week or two and saying, wow, we really cannot start a single player on the Carolina Panthers. I'm still holding out hope for, for DJ Moore. I, I, ref- I can't quit him. I can't quit him. Like I will put this on my dating profile that in 2020, I was ride or die with DJ Moore because that says everything about my levels of commitment. Oh. God, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't rule out a trade. I, I mean, I know they said he's a foundational piece, but I, I, I still think there's a chance he gets moved. And if he does, depending on, if he does, he will be more fantasy relevant. That is a certainty. The question is how much that go. depends on where he ends up. There you go. That's why I said he's a buy low. He's a buy low for, for one of two reasons. Either A, this is actually when the Robbie when the Robbie Anderson thing happened. Because, hey, I think they're going to trade him. Boom, they did. That looked good for him. Now they get rid of Chris McCaffrey. Who else are you going to get the ball to? You're not going to get anyone as talented for him for cheaper. And guess what? If they trade him, then he gets actually better. I think there's just there's different ways you can win on this one. Um, but yeah, it's we just got to hope something happens out there in Carolina. Uh, maybe the return of Sam Darnold at some point might help things out. But let's focus on the San Francisco 49ers who actually got this incredible timing ahead of a matchup against the Kansas City Chiefs, which was a you know a, that's a potential Super Bowl matchup right there. Um, actually, we've, we've seen it before. Um. This is where things get interesting because I think it's the target share is what's going to be the hardest thing to decipher because you have a a running back who can play wide receiver. You've got a wide receiver who can play running back. You've got a tight end who also plays fullback but also can play out wide a wide receiver. Like Kyle Shanahan's offense love just getting playmakers in space. Like there's no team that has more play more playmakers than the San Francisco 49ers. Um, I, for me, it's I love this move from an NFL fan standpoint. I think it's going to be fascinating to watch. I think it's going to be a nightmare, especially for this week, to see what's going to happen. The reports are, I mean, it's, it's late in the week, obviously, so we're not expecting a full slate. The reports are right now that it, he's going to be active, that we're kind of expecting stuff more along along the goal line. So we're expecting more red zone kind of style packages for Chris McCaffrey. Um, I mean, look, all, all Jimmy G's got to do is, hey, Christian, uh, run, a, uh, run a text route on this play run a swing route on this play. You don't need to know the entire verbiage of the play. I just got to tell you what snap, what when I'm snapping the ball and what route you need to run. And McCaffrey's going to be dangerous. Um, I guess give me your initial thoughts now on the 
on the 49ers. And then we'll kind of we'll kind of dive into the starts for this week after that. Yeah. I'll start quickly with this upcoming week. Uh, unless we get some sort of news that like he's going to be fake active, which I, I mean, he's not hurt, so I don't think that's going to happen. If McCaffrey is active, you play him. Even if he's in there in the goal line, I think there's a lot of different ways this can go right. First of all, but have your expectations be, changed though? Of course, yeah. I, I don't think you can pencil him in for likely to score 15 to 20 fantasy points. But we got buys and injuries, and I mean, I know for at least for at least me and the two teams where I have him, I don't really have a great alternative. Where so if I'm getting four to six touches and possibly a touchdown, maybe 30 yards and a touchdown with a couple catches, you know, 10, 11 points. I think that's better than the alternative. So I'm going to take that. And remember, this is still Christian McCaffrey. It's a game against the Chiefs. They're probably, they may be playing from behind. Could be a lot of points scored. There's always the chance that he gets on the field, he looks good, and they go, all right, screw it. We're going to keep going with Christian McCaffrey because he's Christian McCaffrey. That's always in the range of outcomes. And, man, how would you feel if you sat Christian McCaffrey against the Chiefs and he just he just looked great and he looked like Christian McCaffrey and he dropped 30 points and you, you benched him because you were afraid? I know. I know. That's, that's the concern. But it's one of those like, hey, do I just want to spend this first week and just like it all comes down to what op- what are options do you have? Yes, it, it has That's to do very much. If the you alternatives. have enough, if you have enough players to where, and like let's say you were able to grab like Kenneth Walker or you grab Damian Pierce off the waiver wire, if you have enough players where you can start two good running backs and buy yourself a week to watch things how how they play out, that's ideally what you would want to do. Um. I don't. There's not an easy answer because we know the upside of McCaffrey. We know how good running backs can be in this scheme, and so he could be just absolutely sensational. Does it happen in Week One? I'm not sure. Like I said, it's to me this is one where it's really touch and go. I think he's probably going to be in that RB low RB two kind of territory where it's going to be a fringe play, just really based all the type of roster that you have. Um, I don't. I think we would be just as surprised if he had a two touchdown game if he had five snaps. I think both of those outcomes are very likely. Um, And it all comes down to, are you needing to go for the high upside play? If you need the upside this week, go Christian McCaffrey. If you're down multiple high-end players because of the bye weeks for the Bills, the Eagles, the Vikings, and the Los Angeles Cooper Cups, then run out Christian McCaffrey. Because you have, at that point, nothing else to lose. You've got to go for the full upside play. Um, If you're already projected to where you're likely going to have a a stronger lineup because your opponent is dealing with those things, then I think you can take the wait and see approach on your rush because you're likely at this point already playing good enough football uh, with your fantasy team to where you can justify maybe sending him. That's just the initial thoughts. I mean, that's like I said, we're all kind of wing this right now because this is all still kind of kind of new. So it takes a little bit of a second to process. And my God, we spent the entire off season trying to digest, you know, what happened with the Packers and the Cardinals and the, and the Raiders. So it takes a little more than 24 hours sometimes to figure these things out too. Uh, but let's kind of head into some of our starts for this week. And I think we're going to keep things right here in the Bay Area with Jimmy Garoppolo, who got himself a new little weapon this week, taking on the Kansas City Chiefs and what should be a fantastic game and one where they're going to need to score some points. Cats, which way are you leaning on Garoppolo? Are you starting him this week with a multitude of high-end upside quarterbacks who are actually sitting out? Yeah, he was the uh, guy I looked to pick up off the waiver wire in a couple leagues. Only got him in one. Well, I got him in two, but one, I'm starting Dak Prescott. So the other league is replacing Jalen Hurts for me. And I think this is a good spot for him. The 49ers have a 51% neutral game script pass rate, which obviously isn't great. But that bumps up to 72% in negative game script. So it's really simple. How do you think this game's going to play out? I think against the Chiefs, Jimmy G will have to throw. And the Chiefs are allowing the fifth most fantasy points to quarterback. So I'm starting Jimmy G this week. Love that. Uh, love that one a lot. Um, also, 
uh, it'll be National Tight Ends Day. So watch out for uh, for George Kittle because um, we know how good he, how much fun he has. And I love that we have George Kittle versus Travis Kelsey on National Tight Ends Day. Like that's that's just a gift to all of us, and I feel like we deserve it for what we've had to go through so far this season. Uh, speaking with the quarterbacks here, Tua Tungavailoa does make his anticipated return against the Pittsburgh Steelers on a primetime Sunday night football matchup. Miami is the clear favorites in this one. The only concern for me is like, it's just two has just got to get through the game. But you would think if anyone who has ever been scrutinized as much as they have and who has gone through every single possible testing procedure, he has been cleared. Uh, for me, I think if two, if two was out there, if someone dropped him over the bye week or if you had him on your bench because you're waiting on this, I think we've got to fire two right back into our starting lineups. Pittsburgh has been abysmal this year, 29th in pressure. Uh, 31st in passing yards per game, 26th in explosive plays allowed. We saw them in the game against the Buffalo Bills, which, albeit these are different offenses, I mean, they were down. They gave up 31 points in the first half. Uh, surrendered the sixth highest passing touchdown rate, eighth highest yards per attempt, and eighth most yards after the catch, which is not a good sign when you're facing any offense that is doing everything after the catch and on explosive plays. Um, I will be starting to, uh, and pretty much all other uh, Miami Dolphins, like wide receivers and key players, against the Pittsburgh Steelers on on Sunday night. Uh, looking here at another big game here on this one, Dallas Cowboys. You've got Tony Pollard here listing as a starter this week. I know many are all in on Zeke. Talking about Tony Pollard as well on this matchup. It's been a struggle with Pollard this season. Uh, I have I have him in two leagues, and I've started him on the bad weeks and benched him on the good weeks. So I'm hoping that we're getting it right this week. And I think this is a great spot. He's been pretty consistent around that 40% snap share. You know, Dak Prescott's back. And the Lions, are they're terrible against the run. They're allowing 5.5 yards per carry, and they allow the they're second most fantasy points in general. And the, yes, they're allowing the second most fantasy points to running backs. I think we're going to see not not only a lot of, uh, of, of Tony Pollard, but a lot of running in general as, as they kind of look to ease Dak back into it. And I think that Pollard has a great shot at busting off a nice splash play, which we know is what he loves to do and what – what he does better than Zeke. So I really like Pollard this week as an RB2. Yep. Another player who had a good week last one, I think could be in store for a good one this week is Kenyon Drake. I know there are there were the, the hopes that J.K. Dobbins could play this week, but I think the curse of MetLife Field has struck again. I don't see J.K. Dobbins playing this weekend after his knee tightened up the, the surgically repaired knee after he tore his ACL last year. In his place, Kenyon Drake balled out last week, rushing for 119 yards and a touchdown on 10 carries while adding eight yards on one reception. The receiving upside's never going to be his thing. Um, they are going to be getting Justice Hill back, but that's another one of those where I'm not, I'm staying away from, I don't like guys in the first game back from injuries. Like, give me a little bit of time to see how these these guys end up playing out. We just saw the Cleveland Browns get absolutely obliterated by running backs last week when Ramondre Stevenson ran down their throat. They have not been a good rushing team. Right now they're seeing 20, uh, sitting 29th in points allowed to the position. I love Kenny Drake again this week. He was one of my, he was probably my top waiver wire ad in a week that was not great for waiver wire claims. At least he was the top one at the running back position. Um, just Gus Edwards might have the best rest of season value, but at least here in week seven, give me Kenyon Drake. One player I've highlighted numerous times and me and you have both been on in on this one. You've got Alec Pierce listed as a start. I know I had him in all of my waiver wire articles this week. I did him a uh, thing. I did a start sit on him as well. Talk to me about Alec Pierce this week taking on the Tennessee Titans Cats. Yeah, a lot to like about Alec Pierce. Uh, he played a season high seventy one percent of the snaps last week, 
caught the game-winning touchdown, which will earn him some favor with the team, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Titans are allowing the second most fantasy points to wide receivers and 67.8% of the res- total receiving yards allowed by the Titans have gone to wide receivers. They also struggle specifically against wide receiver twos, 31st in DVOA against the wide receiver two. So Michael Pittman's going to get his. We know he's he's an alpha wide receiver one, but I think Pierce is in a great spot as well this week. And I, I do wonder if his snap share doesn't continue to increase and perhaps even jump Paris Campbell's in this week ahead. Yeah, I'm I'm on Alec Pierce. I mean, I've I feel like I've been talking about him every single week, and I'm just frustrated because I'm not seeing more and more managers jumping onto the ship. Like coming into this week, and the reason he was still a waiver wire for me, despite having six straight weeks of I'm sorry, uh, three straight weeks of sixty plus, five plus five or more receptions, and every game since week two, he had back to back eighty yard touchdown. Uh, sorry, eighty yard games, six three, four point four one forty, but he was only rostered in twenty five percent of leagues. Like, this is a guy who is going to bring more and more upside and is entrenched as the number two option on the team. I love Alec Pierce, and hopefully he has another good week out there. Uh, another player we're liking this week also as well, Amari Cooper, who is just the volume king, as we expected for a team that doesn't have a lot of other options on this offense. 27.9% target share, which is 14th in the NFL, fifth best in air yard share at over 32%. And sitting eighth in red zone, uh, eight has eight red zone targets, which puts him eleventh on the season. Love him as a wide receiver too this week, despite the uh, a difficult matchup with Marlon Humphrey and Marcus Peters that are out there. But for me, this is just a volume play. He's not the most efficient, ranking twenty fifth. I'm sorry, ranking a thirty second in in yards per route run, but he is eighteenth in points per game. Always going to bring that touchdown upside. I like Amari Cooper here. Uh, in this AFC North matchup. You've also got a little bonus, a little long shot here for us in deeper leagues. Who do you got for the uh, for the long shot here for week seven? And I'm surprised that more people aren't onto this, but I'm looking at DeAndre Carter here as a real sneaky start if you need that desperation bye week filler. He's coming off a game where he played a season high, uh, 73% of the snaps, and he ran a season high 47 routes with most of them coming out of the slot. I, I mean... I'm not so sure Keenan Allen plays this week. The Chargers are on bye next week. No, he's not playing. Which means, right, I just think it makes sense. I don't think he th- plays th- at all. They're literally already we- out there saying, like, the, hey, we think week eight. Like, they're already talking about week eight in the public headlines. That tells me you're already looking past week seven. Exactly, and and they're they're trying to be careful, and they've said that all along. And even Keenan himself is like, yeah, I know, if, if, that's, if that's what's going to be best for us long term, that's what we're going to do. And it makes sense that if you rest in one more game, you get two full weeks more to recover and really make sure that a guy who's you know 30 years old doesn't aggravate that hamstring injury, you want him 100%. If he doesn't play, Josh Palmer's not playing, okay? As of this recording, he has not practiced on Wednesday or Thursday with a concussion. We know what yep. the new concussion protocol is like. He's not going to play. That means DeAndre Carter is the wide receiver, too. I think we're really kind of undervaluing what that is. We saw what he can do back in week one with the three for 64 and a touchdown. And if we get him with more volume, we could see any, you know, six to eight targets this week. That's that's something that you can work with if you need a desperation start. I think he's a sneaky play this week. Yep, I like that one a lot. Uh, let's take a look on the other side of the, of the coin here, looking at some sits. Uh, this one kind of surprised me a little bit because he has been absolutely balling out so far this year, sitting as a QB six in points per game. But you've got Jared Goff as a sit this week with the Detroit Lions coming off of a bye. Talk about this one, Cats. I think it's a tough spot for them. I mean, Goff, 19.7 fantasy points per game. As you said, QB six, he's been really good. But the Cowboys are allowing the seventh fewest fantasy points to quarterbacks. 
And the Detroit Lions offensive line hasn't necessarily been as good as we've expected to. I think that they're going to be able to get to Jared Goff. So I'm I'm not enamored with the idea of starting him against this Cowboys defense, especially with uh, Goff kind of, you know, he's not the greatest under pressure, ranks just 29th in pressure completion percentage. So if the Cowboys can get to him, uh, it's going to downgrade his outlook for the entire for the entire uh, game. And yeah, I'm fading Jared Goff this week. I get it. I get it. I mean, look, they struggled against the uh, the Patriots under six fancy points. Cowboys allowing just 12.5 per game, which is seven fewest, like we talked about. Uh, they also lead the NFL in sacks at 24 sacks so far, and they're allowing just 5.2 yards per attempt, which is also second fewest. So I get it. Like I said, it's one of those guys who has been playing really well, uh, but it's also because that defense has struggled so much, and so they're always in shootouts need to come back from behind. Um, they'll have a full slate of players back this week, so at least we'll have an entire offense. I could see golf still being in that that QB2 kind of range. Um, but yeah, I don't think he's going to be that locked-in kind of player that you were hoping he could be this week. Uh, the same as Russell Wilson uh, taking on the New York Jets. And I think it's surprising where, uh, kind of looking over at Pickett, uh, where basically everyone, it's full green. It's a green wave in the trends on the money line, the spread, the over-under. Basically, everyone is in on the New York Jets. And I get it. Uh, Wilson has been struggling. Look, had that first game after getting a shoulder injection, less than 200 yards in a score, rushed four times, 23 yards. It's 13.8 PPR points is not going to cut it. 14 or fewer in, uh, in four of his last five. The Jets have been good this year. Uh, they're just sitting outside the top 10, but they're still at 14.5 per game. Um, Wilson's also apparently dealing with a hamstring injury too. Uh, this is one where the Broncos are just so discombobulated as an offense. They don't know what they're doing. I I like some of their players. Like I still like Cortland Sutton. Um, but outside of that, just because that's also just because of Jerry Judy not doing much at all. I'm staying away from Russell Wilson, uh, which uh, it's a weird one. I don't think any of us coming into this year would have thought, hey, we're fading Russell Wilson taking on the Jets and the Jets will be a favorites going into this matchup. But that's kind of where we are. Uh, looking at the running backs here on our start sets, you've got Brian Robinson. It's kind of been one of the best storylines of the year, especially kind of given what happened to him at the beginning of the season, that tragic little incident that happened during the carjacking. But you've actually got Robinson as a sit this week, right, Cats? I do. Uh, it's it's unfortunate because I, I want to root for the kid, and I do root for the kid, and I hope oh, that I'm wrong. Him. And he yeah. just, I mean, yeah, we're still rooting for him. I'm just trying to be practical here and give the best fantasy advice that I can. Uh, 17 carries for 60 yards last week. That's six fantasy points if he doesn't punch in that short touchdown following the turnover. He has not seen a single target in either of his two games played. In fact, he's run a total of seven routes on the season. And after the game, we, we heard Ron Rivera talk about how they need to get Antonio Gibson more involved. And I kind of think that we're just going to see a straight three-man timeshare here with McKissick handling the passing down work. we got Taylor Heineke stepping in as a backup quarterback. Robinson, he may only see 10 to 12 carries. And even if he rips off 50 or 60 yards again, he's got to score. He's and he, it's, he's a touchdown or bust RB3 with a very, very low floor if he's not efficient on the ground. So I I, I don't like starting him this week. Yeah, I get it. It's the rush, the receiving upside. You brought that up. Like that's never been the calling card of his game. That wasn't what he did at Alabama. Like he's always kind of just been like a, a sledgehammer up close. And I think they're going to use him more like he's talking about in those two down kind of situations, those first second downs. Um, we'll use him inside the goal line, but it's, was like you got to get inside the goal line to make those rushes count. Like we always talk about that, those opportunities. I always rise like Antonio Gibson's. He's a talented player, um, so it makes sense. Just try to get the balls in hand a little bit more. So 
I can understand, especially in a PPR format where you do need that extra receiving upside. He doesn't make a ton of sense, which is why I've also got Tyler Algier, another rookie running back, taking on the Cincinnati Bengals, Bengals this week. Uh, it was an interesting rushing split over these last couple weeks where Algier has 39.4% of the rushing attempts, but Caleb Huntley is right behind him at 33.8. What's really surprising is where Algier actually has like a 67% uh, tar- uh, route run rate, but he is a complete non-factor uh, in the receiving game. Uh, since assuming his role with Cordell Patterson out, averaging 14 touches for 48 uh, total yards, it's just not working out for him right now. And I get the Bengals, their defense has kind of fallen off like over the last three weeks, allowing over five and a half yards per uh, yards per rush and the eighth highest EPA. Algiers have a guy who could see 12 to 15 touches, but we're seeing them loving to use Caleb Huntley as well. For me, I would have Algier outside of my top 36 uh, for the running back position, even in a week where it's buys are probably going to be hurting you. I just don't see a lot of upside in Tyler Algier. He kind of is who he is to me coming into the season. He's a one-cut guy who's going to get what he gets and not a lot extra. So I'm not entirely surprised kind of what we're seeing out of him so far uh, this year. I think one guy who has disappointed fantasy managers quite a bit after making the change this offseason is Juju Smith-Schuster. He just hasn't really been able to become that number one we were all hoping. He is coming off of a touchdown scoring affair last week, Cats, but you have him listed as a sit as they take on the San Francisco 49ers. What gives? Why why are we fading Juju this week? Why do you not like happy things? (laughs) I do like happy things. I just don't think Juju's going to be a happy thing this week. He's been consistently kind of mediocre the whole year. Uh, He's caught... He hasn't caught more than five passes since week one. Leslie was his first touchdown of the season, and it was a 42-yard. Like, I don't want to take away credit for what he did because he did break that tackle, but like, yeah, he should have been tackled. I mean, that that was ridiculous that he scored on that. A 42-yarder without that, yeah, sure. He still would have a respectable, probably somewhere around the five for like 80 range, which is still fine, and you can work with that. But against the 49ers, I, I, need, I want that splash play. I want that upside, and I don't know if it's there. Juju still has just an 18.5% target share in the season. And his his average at the target is just is just 8.5 yards. I mean, yeah. he's, he's, he's just an underneath guy. And in the past, he, he was able to, to uh, mask that with, with splash plays. And that's not here anymore. 49ers allow the fifth fewest fantasy points to wide receivers. I just don't want to chase last week's points. Yeah, I get it. I get it. I do. Um, yeah, I, I, I wish I had better news for Juju. Like, he should be that guy in this offense, but the Chiefs are just wanting to spread the ball around all the time. And when they're in the red zone, it is no one else but Travis Kelsey. And I don't see that changing anytime soon. Uh, I'm also going to be looking at Garrett Wilson here as a sit for me this week, which is one of those things where, like, I think numbers without context where they was where they can lie. Because if I just told you that since week five, Wilson has led the team with a 23.7% target share, you'd be like, I'm all in. He's the number one option. But then I tell you that that's just only accounting for 4.5 targets and 17.5 receiving yards per game. He's been the wide receiver 74 and 80 and uh, 84 over the last two weeks with a sub six yard a dot. And then going to cut it like it's not working out. Like at this point, bringing back Joe Flacco, I'm sure Brees Hall lovers will probably hate that because they're getting efficiency out of him. Um, but yeah, I just can't justify starting any Jets wide receivers right now. And especially in this kind of matchup, because the Denver Broncos defense is just lights out. Like that's honestly been one of the the teams I almost feel bad for is the Broncos defense because they are playing 
legitimately incredible football, but getting nothing from their off from the offensive side of the ball. Uh, whether it's Kawan Williams, whether it's Pat Sertan, they're locking dudes down. Um, and I don't see that too changing too much here um, in week seven. I will be sitting Garrett Wilson. And I think another one for me, it just, I don't want to say this. I don't want to, but DJ Moore, like, I hate it. I hate it here. That's not, I'm, having, I'm not having fun now. Uh, but yeah, you, you got to sit DJ Moore. Like as much as I want to sit, I want to start him and hopefully that he kind of takes off without Chris McCaffrey. But for right now, I got to sit DJ Moore as, as painful as it is. Cause honestly, you've already had way better options at this point. If you've kept him on your roster and he's, he's been dropped in several other leagues. And honestly, I get it. I can't, I can't hate it too much as much as it just hurts my heart more than anything. Or are you guys tired of tracking your bets out on messy spreadsheets? You don't know your ROI and record on because you're on so many sports books. Well, pick it. The best bet, bet tracking app on the market makes it quick and easy to track all of your sports book accounts. Track your bets, shop the best lines, and sweat them all out with a community of avid sports fans just like you. Sign up today using promo code PFN365. Sync your favorite sports books, and you can win up to $100 for free. Pickett is 100% free to join and use, so what are you waiting for? Remember, that is promo code PFN365 to track your bets and get up to $100 just for signing up. I think what's interesting, we have a ton of just questions coming into this week. If you look at the different lines between the sports books, you look at a lot of the player props, they're leaving a lot of things blank right now. We record these podcasts earlier in the afternoon, so by the time you're listening to this, there's probably got updated lines and especially for a lot of these player props. We've kind of like, we were limited on our options. However, um, if you're in the PFN discord, if you have us over on Pickett or if you got us over on, on Twitter, we will be posting more of our plays um, as they become available. And as we get to actually make them, we're kind of taking a look at a couple things here real quick. Uh, one of the biggest ones you find a lot of the volume on, and it makes a ton of sense is Baltimore versus Cleveland. And this is one that I'm also in on here. The pig community is all in on the Baltimore Ravens. They're getting 98% of the money and 92% of the volume on the money line, which I think for me makes a ton of sense on this one. Baltimore is also sitting at six and a half point favorites. Six and a half is a lot to cover in the NFL, uh, but I think the money line just makes a ton of sense. And you kind of, you can parlay together a lot of these things if you wanted to, but I think the Baltimore Ravens sitting here coming in this week, Minus 300 is a lot to lay down. I get it, but I do prefer them on the money line this week. Also looking at the Cincinnati Bengals money line against the Atlanta Falcons. is another one where the pick community is kind of all over. And I think the trend suggests to go with the money line. Uh, Cincinnati also are entering in as a six and a half point favorite. But kind of based on what we saw last week with the Falcons playing the 49ers, they can keep a game close if they if they kind of get rolling. I do prefer just take the Bengals straight up on this one. Uh, one I did take earlier in the week that has adjusted, but I still don't hate it at all. The under and Tampa Bay versus Carolina. Right now it's sitting at 38 and a half. I took it early in the week at 40 and a half. It just so happened to work out where Chris McCaffrey got traded. Uh, so it's no surprise that the line also went down. Um, unless the Buccaneers could pull a pull a Buffalo Bills last week, and they just go massively up in the first quarter. I don't see Carolina scoring enough points to offset this one. I, do, I don't I do mind the under in this one. Uh, I think we saw the game total catch. You say it was 12 and a half for Carolina. Is that correct? 
Yeah, their their individual team total is just twelve point five points, which is that's just insanely low for. I mean, that it's year, you right? get there by accident. I mean, if you score one touchdown, two field goals, that's all it takes. And we're saying no, they're probably not going to get at over a full game. That's that's what it's come to with this Panthers offense. God. I hope you got enough coffee to watch that game, folks. That's going to be a snooze fest where the Carolina Panthers have the ball. Um, I think one that I found really interesting is the Houston Texans matchup who are taking on the Las Vegas Raiders. While the Raiders are seven-point favorites, Pickett Community actually has them, the uh, Houston Texans, as 97% of the money is going on Texans to cover the 7.5. And quite frankly, I am in agreement with them. I'll be taking Houston to cover the one the uh, touchdown spread on that one. And then uh, two more that I'm going to take straight up on the money line is Kansas City to take on the San Francisco 49ers. Give me Kansas City money line on that one. And I'm also looking at the um, Miami Dolphins to take down the Pittsburgh Steelers because Steelers aren't a good team. Dolphins getting back um, to a tongue by low. I love that one. And actually, if you just take the uh, the money lines of that one, so you just took Baltimore, uh, Cincy, um, and if basically just leave out uh, Tampa Bay out of that one, you can take all that together for a little long shot parlay at uh, plus 675, which I don't hate, although I do find that the uh, – the straight bets probably give you a little bit more payout on this, a little more security, especially with that uh, that plus seven in Houston. But I don't mind that one at all for a little sprinkle on that one. I know, Katz, you've got a little parlay you've kind of cooked together as well yourself too, right? Yeah, on the similar note, I, I, I can put the Bucks in there, but if you want to leave it out because of how heavy the juice is, that's okay. But yeah. Bucks, Ravens, and Patriots, I know there are a lot of heavy favorites. and I don't like you... this week, like in general. <laughs> like, I'm just it's saying. A... There's a lot of big spreads and a, and a lot of heavy favorites, and yeah. you're temp- you may be tempted to just look at all these favorites and go, oh man, they're not going to lose. I mean, that's probably what we said about the Bucks when they faced the Steelers, right? So that's what I said about tricky. the Packers taking on the Giants that week when I put my main parlay on them and they lost. Like it just sucks. We don't have four of the best teams. Sorry, three of the best teams in Cooper Cup. Like we don't have them. Yeah. Well, this is why I don't win my survivor pools every year because someone always loses when <laughs> you don't expect them to. But yeah. the Bucks, Ravens, and Patriots. I do think all of them will win their games for various different reasons. Patriots are playing the Bears, who might be the worst. Well, not anymore. Now we have the Panthers, but the second worst team in football. (laughs) The Ravens are home against the Browns. Ravens coming off another tough loss. I think they bounce back. And then the Bucs also, they're coming off the loss to the Steelers. I think, I mean, they're not losing to the Panthers, right? Uh, If you can parlay those three, it's around even money, depending on which book you you bet it at. I mean, that's that's, that's as good as you're going to get taking heavy favorites on a parlay. Yeah, like you're never going to get great odds, but like I said, you're just hoping that you don't run into that one weird play of the week. Um, and, I, and I do like that one. But I also want to tell you about the easiest and most fun way to spice up your football season, and it is Underdog and Fantasy and their pick'em game. Just look for your favorite or least favorite player stats in some cases and pick whether they'll end up with a higher or lower total in that week's game, and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. Underdog keeps it super simple with their easy-to-use website and mobile app. Just pick between two and five players for your pick them entry. Get all your picks right, and you can take home some cold, hard cash. It is super simple to get started. Just head over to underdogfantasy.com or download the app. Sign up with promo code PFN, and Underdog will double your your first deposit up to $100. Remember, that is Underdog Fantasy, promo code PFN, and you can get in on the action today. Cats, I know we had a pretty good week last week. I know for myself, I think I went six and eight last week. Um, end up sweeping last night. Actually, we've been we've been on a roll over here on Pickett with our props. 
I know you're starting us off here with the Dallas Cowboys. Talk to me about Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah, I, I like. I mean, I, I've been I've been the biggest Tony Pollard stand for the past three years, hyping him up as better than Zeke, and I I still maintain that. But uh, I, yeah. quietly, quietly, we got two solid games with for Zeke the last two weeks, and last week more, more specifically, six point two yards per carry. Uh, his his number is set at 65.5, and I like him to go higher than that. I mean, we mentioned before how the Lions struggle defensively, and they specifically allow 5.5 yards per carry. So the same reasons I like Pollard, uh, I like I like Zeke this week. So I'm taking this his is a higher spot for Zeke. I, I think that I think we get Zeke's first 100 rushing yard game of of, of the season. And uh, I mean, listen, if, there, if there's somewhere you could find like a like like a, a higher number at a, at a at, for for a better return, might might want to take that as well. Yeah, I'm I'm in on Zeke on this one now. That but he's not the only Dallas Cowboys player on, correct? Uh, no, right right uh, right after that we're going Dak Prescott lower than 34 pass attempts, and this goes hand in hand with the Zeke one. And one thing I like to do when I put these pick entries in is I like to tell a story with these picks where where I don't I don't need one thing to happen individually or rather a series of different things. It's more of if I'm right about one thing, then everything else falls into place. And if I'm right about the game script for this Cowboys Lions game, I should be able to get both of these picks correct. Uh, the Cowboys are projected to win this game with positive game script and Dak in his first game back after missing the last, what is it? Six weeks, five weeks with, yeah. with his thumb injury. I think the Cowboys are going to do their best to not put too much on his plate to try and protect him as best they can. I'm going to lead on the running game. And if they have a lead in the second half, we're going to see a lot of carries for Zeke and Pollard and not a lot of pass attempts for Dak. So unless the Cowboys fall behind in this one, I think we're going to see uh, Dak in the 28 to 32 pass attempts range. And that is, that's lower than 34. So I like that one this week. I will say one for me. I'm I'm leaning heavily on, and I'm I, I haven't made it officially yet. I'm leaning on taking the higher on Dalton Schultz, 24 and a half receiving yards. Um, I know he's been banged up with that knee injury, but Dalton Schultz is one of those guys who we kind of saw him flourish last year, uh, tied in three in fantasy with Dak Prescott. I think he's been waiting to get him back. Uh, I could see him and Dak kind of getting off to a, a strong start uh, here uh, if they are matched up again during this week. Uh, one player for me, uh, Jonathan Taylor. All reports are he will be suiting up this weekend. Look, it's 65 and a half rushing yards, and it's Jonathan Taylor. I, that's that's my analysis. Like, you're giving me Jonathan Taylor at sub-70. I'm going to take the higher on Jonathan Taylor. I know Deion Jackson has played well, uh, but Tennessee, I, I got to take Jonathan Taylor. It, it is what it is. Like, I, that's my analysis. Jonathan Taylor, good at football. I want him. Um, speaking of someone who is not quite as good at football, Taylor Heineke is going to be getting the start here this week with Carson Wentz out for quite a bit of time with what was a, when he shook his hand and they played it in slow motion, watching that finger slap around, like, did we have to do that? No. Uh, but yeah, with uh, Carson Wentz is out with a broken finger. You've got Heineke. You're not looking at the yards. You're not looking at the touchdowns. You're looking at the turnovers. And he is sitting here at 0.5 interceptions. So does Taylor Heineke throw a pick, Cats, in your opinion, this week? Yeah, keep this one short and sweet. He's just not very good. Uh, he made 17 starts last season, and he threw. But remember, he almost beat Tom Brady that one time, and he's still living <laughs> off that. Yeah, that was that was the the game of his career. Uh, but he's he did throw an interception in 12 of his 17 games last year, including against the Packers. I know the Packers only have one pick on the season, but I'm just playing the odds here that Heineke makes a mistake and throws a pick, and, I, and I'm taking the higher there. Now you beat me to it on this one. You took my guy here, so I'll give you the floor. Talking about Alec Pierce as well. 
Uh, we, we already mentioned this earlier, so in, in the start-sit section, we don't need to belabor the point too much. Uh, it's His number set at 43.5 yards, and he has had That's, more than 43.5 yeah. receiving yards in four straight games. And I don't think that this number really reflects the fact that he's kind of emerging as the wide receiver too. And again, as we mentioned earlier, facing a Titans defense that really, really struggles against the pass, especially against wide receivers. I think Alec Pierce has at least 50 receiving yards in this one, so I'm taking the higher there. Yeah, I, I think you have to on that one. Like, the, the market is not correcting yet for Alec Pierce. I don't know if this is just a, a Colts issue. Is it a Matt Ryan issue? I don't know. Uh, but, yeah, give me give me Alec Pierce all, all as well on that one. Also, give me Kenneth Walker. Uh, they've got him sitting at 69.5 yards, and I will take the higher on Kenneth Walker last week. Played on 69% of the snaps, which is really nice. Had 23 touches for 110 yards. Look, this is the guy that, he just breaks off chunk plays, but he's done that throughout his entire career. Like to me, like by watching him on the field, like he just looks like Kenneth Walker. Like we go back to when he was in college, he would have been 12th in the nation in rushing yards just after contact. That was all you used and took away what he had beforehand. He can break off a chunk play if he wants to at any time. And for me, if I can see him at 69.5 yards, I will take him uh, against the Los Angeles Chargers, who are sitting 23rd in yards per game and 28th in EPA. Uh, so I will love myself some Kenneth Walker. Someone else who I love, Chris Godwin of the Tampa Buccaneers, who are taking on that exact same Carolina Panthers. Although the defense hasn't been depleted yet, they will still give up points in bunches. Uh, Godwin was back, and he absolutely absorbed all the targets. 32.4% target share and thirty, uh, sorry, 48.4% of the team's air yards out there also on, 30, on 93% of the routes. Look, if they're going to run zone against him, and especially going to be Miles Hartfield out there, Godwin is going to absolutely obliterate the Carolina Panthers defense. I love him to go higher than his 62.5 receiving yards. Someone else for me, like we don't have a ton of options in this game just due to injuries and just some question marks, uh, but I'm going to be looking at Travis Etienne. He's also the running back who I want to play here on underdog as well. Uh, last week, he's averaging uh, 12.3 touches and 82.3 total yards per game. Over the last four, he's also uh, 22nd in yards after contact per attempt. Taking on the New York Giants, who are 28th in rushing yards, 29th in EPA per rush. And they're also struggling against receiving backs, allowing the highest yards per reception, which we know where Travis Etienne can really flourish. I know you like him to go higher than his 15.5 receiving yards, which to me is a no-brainer. Uh, given that's what his role initially was viewed to be uh, on this offense. But I'm also taking him to go higher than his 10.95 fantasy points. Remember, this is half PPR, so it's not quite as much of a lock. But giving his explosiveness, uh, give me Travis Etienne. I'm also going to go with David Njoku at 38.5 receiving yards. I love what he's kind of becoming on this offense as that number two. I was high on him coming into this year, and it's working out so far as sitting as the tight end seven so far this season with a twenty uh, with a seventeen point eight tar, uh, target share and twenty two point seven percent target per route run rate. The Ravens are twenty first in DVOA, and they're giving up the eighth highest catch rate and the third most receiving touchdowns to tight ends so far this year. I like him to be heavily targeted once again, and he is someone who gets targeted down the field with a deep radar. He's pretty much what we were all wishing uh, Kyle Pitts was going to be. So I'll take the higher on him at 38.5. And because it is also National Tight Ends Day, we'll be going with Mark Andrews to be, well, Mark Andrews, uh, 34% target share. 
when he was matching up against Cleveland, averaging 8.2 targets, 79 yards, and 6.2 receptions with four touchdowns per game. I will take the higher on him at 73.5 receptions. And my last one for the week will be Evan McPherson because kickers do matter, and I am here for the brand. I will take him to go higher than his 1.5 field goal projection as he will be one of the busiest kickers this week taking on the Atlanta Falcons. But that's going to wrap it up for today's episode of the Run the Table podcast powered by Pro Football Network. If you enjoyed today's episode of this episode of the show, feel free to leave a rating and a review, whether it's on iHeart, Google, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts, or wherever you enjoy your favorite podcast at. It is always going to be greatly appreciated. Also, continue to stay up to date with all the latest news around the league by heading over to profootballnetwork.com, where you can find all the latest analysis covering not only fantasy football and betting, but breaking news around the league, college football, and the NFL draft. And remember to get involved with the PFN community. The PFN Pass gets you direct access to the Discord and unlocks exclusive content from PFN Productions, weekly giveaways, and weekly AMAs with the PFN staff, including lineup and waiver wire advice and a Sunday morning start set, plus even more betting coverage during the week to help you fill up that bankroll for Sundays. It's also never too early to start your mock drafts for the 2023 season by heading by using the PFN MDS, which you can find at Pro Football Network at profootballnetwork.com forward slash mock draft. You can follow Jason over on Twitter at JasonCats13 and myself at TommyGarrettPFN. Good luck this weekend, and we will see you guys on Monday for another episode of the show.